Hello and welcome to episode 447 of the Perceptive Photographer Podcast. I am your host, Daniel Gregory. Thank you so much for spending a few minutes out of your week to listen to the podcast and see what we've got going on over here in our little corner of the photographic creative universe. Don't forget that October 30th through November 3rd is a free week of Photoshop training at the Photoshop Virtual Summit version 5. So make sure you check that out. There's a link to register for your free pass in the show jump notes. So head on over there, click on that link and get yourself a free pass to a free week of Photoshop, camera raw, editing, all sorts of great training. So make sure you check that out. One of the things I get asked a lot about is storytelling and narrative inside the photography. And how does that actually come about? What does that actually mean for storytelling, particularly if you're just photographing like an object, something, there's not really a lot of story there. And this goes back into one of the things I think that when we look at photographs and we think about photographs, there's an opportunity for us to sort of expand how we relate to the information that the photograph is sharing. And if we look back in history, this is one of the things that actually is a shift in photography. This actually wasn't what photography was when it originally developed. This idea of sort of storytelling narrative concepts came about later in photography. And one of the classic examples of this is Alfred Stieglitz equivalents, where Stieglitz went out and photographed a number of clouds. And clouds were the sort of subject matter of the photograph. Now, most of this work was done between 1925. 1935, 1934, somewhere in there, a total of about 220, 225 photographs were made where they were just photographs of clouds up in the sky. Now, this seems like sort of trivial at this point. A lot of us photograph the clouds, but back then we were not using photographs in this way. We weren't using photographs in this sort of abstract format. So this was sort of a new way of approaching photography. And what's interesting about that is the first set of those that were created were a body of work called music, a sequence of 10 cloud photographs, or also called clouds in 10 movements. And the second body of work was songs in the sky. So to Stieglitz, these clouds were representative of music. They didn't show the subject matter of trees or buildings or landscapes. They were this sort of more ambivalent concept, more ambivalent subject matter that then allowed for multiple sort of interpretations. The clouds were, in effect, equivalents of something else. And, you know, another way of describing that is saying that these photographs were metaphoric. They were metaphors for something else. And I think a lot of times when we think about storytelling and photography, what we're ultimately driving towards in a lot of ways is not necessarily a straight linearization of a storytelling. Now, there are times we, I think, have photographs that are like that, I think there's times there's bodies of work that are like that, where we move in sequence of order to order to order, step one to step two to step three. But a lot of photographs have sort of these possibilities of multiple meanings, multiple interpretations. And again, I think they become metaphoric in that way. And so we may start off thinking a photograph is about something or someone, but in fact, because of the nature of the way we examine and appreciate work, each of us sort of brings some different concepts, different characteristics, different notions or ideas to that body of work. And so we end up with these different ideas, these different notions. But as we start to think about approaching the photographs, I think one of the things that can really help us in understanding the way we approach our storytelling and the things that we have to say that are important is to think about some of the metaphoric qualities of the things we photograph. So as we sit down to look at what are all the possible meanings of a given photograph? What could it represent? What could it stand for? How could it possibly be interpreted? And I think one of the areas where sometimes we get sort of stuck 
and this happens a lot in photography in a lot of ways, we get stuck in what is the one way, the right way, the best way, the ideal way, the only way we know. And in that trap, we sort of end up limiting the possibility of what could be achieved by ex expressing ourselves in a different way or allowing for multiple expressions to form. And so as we start to look at thinking about the exercise of if you laid down and going back to Stieglitz, if you sat down and think about when you were a kid and you laid down and you looked at clouds, and if you never did this, you should absolutely go out and do this immediately because it was amazing as kids, it's amazing as adults. But to go out and start to see what are the things you can see in the clouds. Do you see bunny rabbits, dogs? Do you see a train? Do you see a spaceship? Do you see, you know, your grandma? What do you see out there in those clouds? What are they? Because they're not actually that thing. They are representative of something. And in your own imagination, you might see a bunny. And then once you describe that to your friend, if you're like, oh, do you see the bunny up there? Look, those are the ears. And then there's the back. And there's the little cotton tail on the back. Your friend would be like, oh, I do see that bunny. But I was looking at it as something else. The metaphor takes on the ability for this malleability of story and narrative. And I think one of the things that we can do is we can start to develop what are multiple metaphors, what are multiple ways of engaging in active storytelling. What are, the, what are the different nuances that I can come up with for looking at a photograph? So when I look at a photograph and I think about a portrait and I think about the emotions that could be in there, well, I think about, oh, that person looks happy, that person looks sad. But if that person's sad, what is sadness a metaphor of? Or how does that story relate to something? Does it deal with loss? Does it deal with angst? Does it deal with depression? What does it actually deal with? And allowing for there to be space for those multiple concepts and interpretations to come into play. And the reason I think this is so important for us to start to think about this is that when we make photographs and we're trying to build dimensionality into the photographs and make the photographs have more layers of complexity, more depth of complexity, more interest of complexity, one of the things we need to have is the ability for there to be this sort of push and pull on possible interpretation. So if we start to go out into the photographic world to make photographs and we're thinking about what are some of the possible metaphoric meanings for this photograph that I'm about to take? How many ways could I interpret it? What are the things I could be thinking about? What are the possible elements that could be pulled together to extrapolate that meaning? That one may help, might help you figure out what body of work a photograph fits in. It may also help you understand that a particular image might fit across multiple bodies of work. But it also might help you figure out, as you're starting to think about frame, composition, point of view, which of those sort of concepts, which of those story metaphors, those story narratives becomes the most dominant and the most interesting. And when that one starts to take hold, through the exercise of laying on your back, looking at multiple clouds to decide what are their meanings, we can end up being in a much more interesting place to create a photograph that's much more aligned with who and what we are thinking about and wanting that photograph to be about. So when we come back to look at Stieglitz, the idea that some of these photographs were therefore representative of music can then open up somebody's expression of those photographs. They may look at those photographs and start to see not necessarily the same thing that Stieglitz did, but they could start to imagine how those could be metaphors for music and the appreciation of music and the understanding of music. Now, in order for that equivalent to happen in Stieglitz's world, that required a pretty level, high level of abstraction, which again, not a big deal in today's photography, but really kind of a big deal back then, to make photographs with no discernible foreground, no discernible buildings, people, shapes, and forms, 
allowed for this possibility of there to be sort of a, a, a different experience looking at the photograph, moving it from a record of what's tangible in the world, what is of the world, into something that's more kind of possible within the world, that abstraction. And I think that's one of the things I, that can happen to a lot of us sometimes is we get sort of trapped up in the mechanics of what a camera captures, things within the world. And that somewhat mitigates or limits our imagination a little bit in what's possible, again, in what we want these photographs to be about. So when we start to think about possible metaphors for photographs, all of a sudden things that aren't clear, maybe it's not just depth of field, but it's also incorporating camera movement and blur. And maybe it's post-processing blur as well. Maybe there's a multiple levels of sort of work we need to do to ultimately achieve the possibility of that metaphor. And one of the beautiful things about photography is that we're not bound to make that decision once. I could take the same basic photograph with 15 different metaphoric meanings without ever moving my feet or moving my tripod or really moving the camera just by thinking subtly about how to frame and compose that photograph and what are the options available to me, both in camera and in processing and printing that photograph to help it create that communication that I want. So I think one of the things we need to start to really think about in creating more meaningful, more engaging work is to think again up front sort of about what are the possible metaphors for this work? What does that work actually mean? And maybe you're not a metaphor person. You know, maybe you're not the direct comparison person where, you know, this is that. Maybe you're more of a simile person where you like, this is like this or this is as of that. So whatever sort of grammatical structure you want to put around that, I think the use of the metaphor becomes really interesting. And if we extrapolate that a little further and we think about an analogy of two objects and their relationship through a third object, we can start to really get some more interesting photographs and we start to think about how maybe a single photograph, two photographs, three photographs can relate to one another through analogy and help understand meaning and context. We can extrapolate that out a little farther. And I think that's also an interesting possibility when we sort of get our hands around this meaning concept, this sort of understanding of possible concepts within the work and how we can create those multiple possible concepts, then multiple images may band together or may gel together to create a more interesting experience. So I would encourage you to think about the metaphors, the things you're working on within your photography, see what happens there, see what sort of analogy happens there, what kind of work happens there. And from that, I think you'll be surprised at how you might see a subtle shift in your work and the appreciation of your work and understanding some of those narrative story elements you might be struggling with. Thanks so much for checking out the podcast this week. I really do appreciate that. Remember, the podcast comes out every Monday. And if you like the podcast, go ahead and give us a rating or review upon your podcast selection channel of choice. Helps other people find the podcast. Really do appreciate that. Again, I'm your host, Daniel Gregory. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next week.